Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome back to The Ralph Report. I hope you had a good weekend. It is Monday, April 20th. So happy to have you joining us. So happy you're still able to join us because you've been covered by the blood of Shizmu. All hell, Shizmu. It is right to give him thanks and praise. Welcome to a brand new show for a brand new week. It is Monday. Nothing I can do about that, kids. But hell, most of you ain't working anyway. You're sitting home. If you're in school, you're sitting at home. Everybody's sitting at home. And now you can sit at home with us. I am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Sitting here in the Batcave with me is the vice host himself. Please make him feel more than welcome, Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo-ho, Eddie. What a show we have lined up for you today, boys and girls. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Because my old pal Patrick Warburton's going to stop by. Oh, really? Did an interview with Patty, nice. and we sat down, well, in separate homes, yes. but we talked about his career and working together on Family Guy, and we talked about hockey, and we talked about voiceover. and, and Did you talk about The Tick? Uh, we did talk about the tick, the tick extensively about The Tick. I loved that show as well. So if you are a fan of Patrick's, as I am, and he's also a pal, he, uh, he I've been after him to be on the show for since the beginning. Yeah. And he's just a very busy man. And finally, he texted me over the weekend and said, don't have a lot to do. If you want to do that <laughs> podcast thing, we can sit down and chat. So there you go. that's what we did. So uh, part one of my interview with Patrick Warburton later on in the show today. Of course, we got all your entertainment news as well. We've got your phone calls with the Garmy on the line segment and... Don't forget what today is. It's just another munching Monday. Whoa, whoa. Eating is fun day. Whoa, whoa. Maybe something on a bun day. Whoa, I hope I don't get the runs day. It's just another munching Monday. Yum, 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 yum. I think I like Mystery Munch and Monday better. Nothing on a Monday today, mm. but there's something on a toast. Just staring at me. There's a sandwich made Ugh. with my own masculine, <laughs> massive hands. I slaved in the kitchen for you, Eddie Pence, and I don't like your attitude. Mm. We are going to be sampling mm. a recipe suggested to us by a mm. member of the Garmy. It is tuna an egg salad. <sighs> Two and an egg salad sandwich. Now, I've never had this before. Eddie Pence has never had Did this before. Did you taste it while you were making I it? I didn't. It took all my strength. <laughs> it looked so good. I wanted to take a giant spoonful and just cram it in my wow. maw. Wow. But I said, no, I'm going to play by the rules. I'm not going to cheat. All right. I'm going to wait until we both taste it simultaneously. Mm. You're on Munch and Monday. And for you folks with... Uh, who are two, three, and four-star generals, you'll be able to see the video version of this taste test when we get to it in just a little bit. So what a special, special show you've tuned in for today, boys and girls. Uh, speaking of eggs, yes. before we go any further. <laughs> what about eggs? Well, you know, the great mystery, the great Disney oh, mystery. Oh, yes, we're still been, talking about that. We're still talking about I solved it, but how they get that Mickey Mouse yolk shape into those hard-boiled <laughs> eggs yeah. at Tokyo Disneyland. <laughs> right. And Disney, their official line is magic. Okay, of course. That they were delivered a batch of eggs to Toontown that just happened to have yolks, the shape right. of Mickey Mouse's silhouette when you open them uh -huh. up. And so I went online to try to figure out what was going on. And there are some tutorials. And thanks to everyone who sent me the YouTube videos of Home Chef saying, yeah. I know how to do it. And they get like one egg and then they carve out Mickey's face and then they fill it up with yolk. And I was like, there's no way. They can do that. Disneyland is doing this do all those eggs. One egg at a time as <laughs> thousands upon thousands of visitors There's only scream. so many children in the world that can be paid minimum wage <laughs> right. to make all those eggs. Most of them are making iPhones. <laughs> so you can't put them to work making Mickey eggs. 
And so we heard from a Garmin member who's an actual chef. Okay. His name is Jeff Minkovich, and uh, he gave me a detailed explanation of how they're actually made. How? I'm going to explain it to you. Please. Uh, according to Jeff, the mystery hard-boiled eggs are made thusly. They have molds of half-egg shapes. Okay. And the lids of those molds have the impression of Mickey's silhouette on the top. Okay. Now, they have massive racks of these. Okay? Right. And they inject them with egg whites. Okay. And then they take the rack and they steam the rack so that cooks the egg whites. Okay. So they're making the egg white with the mold already in. Yeah. It. So it's okay. molded in the shape of half an egg. Right. With the impression of, of the Mickey's Mickey. silhouette in it. Got it. So by that, now they've got a blank, right? They've yeah. got a, they can fill it. So then they get egg uh, yolks, liquid egg yolks, and they fill up the eggs with the indentation that the lid has created. Ah. And then they steam those eggs again right. to cook them. So when they're fully cooked, they've got Mickey's shape inside. See, I was under the impression when you first told me about this, you actually got the whole egg and you would break it open well, and you would see they that. They show you the pictures online as if it is a fresh egg that has just been cut right, open. But that's not how they're sold. But as Jeff said, uh, you'll never see a whole egg at Tokyo mm. Disneyland and you'll never unpeel it and break it open and then find the yolk inside. They're delivered to you. As a half right, That's egg the man-made version. On a bed right. of um, whatever they're eating over there in it's Tokyo. It's not the mouse fucking the chicken version. It is not a mouse, in fact, fucking a chicken <laughs> at all. No. <laughs> it is simply the good old ingenuity. Mm, of, magic of Disney. Of the Japanese working wow. out the uh, the eggs. So, Jeff, thank you so much for solving that mystery. And and thanks for taking all the magic and whimsy yeah. out of wow. out of Disney really did. for us. Thank you for making us feel like we're just cogs in the Disney machine. I don't even want to see one anymore. I know. What's the point of eating anything anymore? <laughs> now that I, we, we know shouldn't even no eat these magic. sandwiches. Oh, that's we where you're wrong, my toss friend. Toss these out to Reggie. That is where you are wrong. <sighs> Let's kick things off <sighs> so I don't have to listen to those noises for the next <sighs> hour. We're going to kick things off. We're going to start the show off, the week off, mm. in a great big way. We're going to start off with Munchin' Monday. It's just another Munchin' Monday. Oh, oh. Eating is fun day. Oh, oh. Maybe something on a bun day. Oh, oh. I hope I don't get the runs day. Oh, oh. It's just another Munchin' Monday. All right, here it is. I'm going to show it to the folks at home who are watching. There it is. Look at that. That is a handmade by Ralph Garman sandwich, a tuna egg salad sandwich. Do you wear gloves in prepping this? On toasted wheat bread. It is uh, fully, I got an A. The inspector came by. I got my A card Just hanging say, in the window. I'm not supposed to be eating dining in at restaurants right now. I know. The, the, the plates are freshly <laughs> sanitized right out of the dishwasher. All things are as they should be. I will say this is some very well-even toast. Thank you so much. My brand new toaster yes, that my soon-to-be ex-wife well didn't want cluttering up the counter. It's up there and it <laughs> crushes. So if nothing else, I mean, there's no light spots. It's all evenly toasted. We've got a though. positive review of the toast from Eddie Pence. <laughs> and now I want to thank again the Garmy member oh. who sent in this recipe. It is basically just your, uh, let me describe for people before we take our taste test. Mm. It's a basic egg salad mixed with tuna fish. So what I did was I, <sighs> I mixed the, um, I mix my oak yolks separately and I add the mayonnaise and mustard, salt and pepper to taste. Okay. And then I put my solid ingredients to the side, which is chopped celery, chopped egg white right. from the hard-boiled egg, and, and the then, tuna. of course, the tuna mm -hmm. fish also chopped in as well. Then you mix those together. You add the dressing. This you, should have been the video. You make it well. Yeah, I should have. I you should, should have, have done made the tutorial. The, the prep video. <laughs> if it goes over well, maybe I'll make a, uh, a recipe video for you folks to watch at home. Okay, so here's the sandwich. While you're were you smoking, while you're making, this? I was. Yeah, you might find a few butts in, in the sandwich. I lost one at one point. I sneezed and uh, I sneezed a cigarette butt into there. So, all right, you ready for this? This is a brand new experience for both of us. The taste test of the tuna and egg salad sandwich. Oh, it's so fishy. Oh, that is good. No. Come on, no, that's really mushy. good. It's mushy and fishy. Well, it's an egg salad sandwich. Of course, it's not going to Oh, be... and then you got the tuna kicking in right there. Come on, Eddie. That's good. No. Oh, yeah. oh that's low it, tide. It just... 
It doesn't smell like farts. Oh, no, but it tastes like low tide. Mm-mm. Oh! <laughs> I hate tuna. That is so good. Oh, my God. I'm going to eat this forever. Oh, no. Oh. I assume that was well-made. It seems well-made. It's so good on but so I, many different levels. I do not like the taste. Oh. And and you get you get the initial goo of the egg salad, mm. and then you get the tuna kicker at the end. Just, mm. Oh, that's not coming out. How is it gooey? It's gooey. There's no goo. It's goo. It's the Don't ma- you eat soft things? Do you eat ice cream and go, oh, that's gooey? No, that's that's creamy. That's gooey. Why is it gooey? It's just it's, uh, it's I don't like it. It's no. soft, that's all. You put a lot of tuna in, too. I, I put equal That's mostly amounts, tuna. I put equal amounts tuna and egg salad in. Mm. Two hard-boiled eggs no, and, a, like and a small packet of um, tuna. I don't like it. I don't like it. Oh. So you're saying... I'm burping this all day. You're saying pretty good? I'm assuming if I, if I was the type of person that liked that, that would be good. Well, that's not a compliment. I don't like it. C- come on. I wouldn't eat that. You only I wouldn't know. You're you're so much a victim of your predisposition going into that. No. That's why we blindfold you and feed you things. Because you had your mind made up before you no. ever tasted that. I, I do enjoy Munch on Mondays more because I don't see it coming into my mouth. Oh, that's, that's terrible. I shouldn't have said it that way. That's not how I meant to say it. Well, the next time you put on a blindfold, you're gonna get a big surprise, Sailor. It's gonna be sausage Monday. Oh no, I don't like it. I don't like it's it it's too much tuna taste. I don't. I barely taste the egg salad, though. I taste it's, it's tuna's it's, the dominant taste. It's half and half. I think the the, the egg salad complements the tuna and vice versa. It just tastes more like tuna than egg salad. I think you're just sensitive. I don't like it. Well, there you go, boys and girls. Well, it may not be for Eddie Pence, but maybe it's for you. If you want that recipe, send in a self-addressed stamped envelope to the Ralph Report. Ugh. Remember when you used to have to do that back in the day? Oh, yeah, self-addressed. You sent in a self-addressed stamp purchase. Envelope, and then you would get something back in the mail. <laughs> two proofs of purchase. I will, uh, I'll send you my, my personal oh, recipe for that. tuna and egg salad sandwich <sighs> on this very special Munchin' Monday. It's just another Munchin' Monday. Eating is fun day. Maybe something on a bun day. I don't get the run stay. It's just another munch in Monday. Yeah. No. That's gonna. Just the texture of that's it. That's a winner. And then the taste. When I open the Ralph Report restaurant, that's going to be on that's, the menu. That's a staple? Mm-hmm. Is that the staple serving? The T R R R, I'm going to call it. The Ralph Report restaurant. Triple R, as it'll be known. Near and wide. Orange wallpaper. That's right. All right, boys and girls. That's Munch and Monday. Are we gonna are you gonna complain about this for the rest of the Yeah, every time show? I burp, you're gonna hear about it. Oh, it's the, I can taste it. I can't get rid of I it. I can't get rid of it. I gave you Coke Zero. I was told someone in the Garmy emailed me saying take a Gatorade because that will get it out. Water water and soda will just enhance the flavor. Mm, that, you're I, lucky. I forgot my Gatorade. How you lucky me. you are. Oh. All right. Enough from Eddie Pence. Let's hear oh. from you, the Garmy. We love it when you reach out to us. So many ways you can do that. You can send us an email or a social media, of course, or as many of you choose to do, leave me a message on the Ralph Report hotline, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's available for you to contact me. You just got to dial up the magic phone number, one 1- Eight three three. What you stop burping I can't, I'm over sorry. there? It keeps coming up. <laughs> One eight three three. Hi, oh. Ralph. <laughs> Giving out the phone number. Pipe down. I'm sorry. Uh, I listen to all your messages and then I grab a handful of the ones that catch my ear and we put them here at the top of the show in a segment called Garmy on the line. The telephone is ringing. The Garby's on the line. Ralph's gonna play your calls now. Let's see what's on your mind. I gotta finish this. Oh, go for it. So good. mm. I'm hungry. All right, let's kick things off. Remember James? James. And uh, Alina Friday from Friday's show. James is the electrician. His wife, oh, Alina, yes. Yes. is a vet. The other essential workers we don't talk and about. And we were yes. talking about them. Well, they heard the show on Friday, and they left just this sweet message, so I wanted to uh, give them a shout-out. Hey, Ralph. This is James and Alina. 
we wanted to call and thank you and Eddie again for the really sweet segment on the coronavirus on Friday. And, you know, it kind of warmed our hearts hearing such nice things said. And after discussing it, we're going to upgrade from a one-star general to a four-star oh, as wow. soon as possible. It was just really nice of you guys to do that for us. Um, you know, really know how much it actually means to hear kind things at a shitty time. So we love you. We mean it. Bye. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. It made my week so much better because this week was just fucking shit. So I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And yo ho, Eddie. We love you. We mean it. Bye. Bye. Thank you, guys. That Those was awesome. uh, very kind of you to uh, upgrade your membership, but uh, that's not why we do it, obviously. You guys are out there working hard, and if we can make you feel a little bit better about this shitty time, that goes to everybody out there listening, then that's the least we could do. Yeah. So, Speaking of animals and corona and closed businesses, my old pal Zookeeper Mike called in. Okay. Hey, Ralph, this is Mike. Um, actually, it's Zookeeper Mike from the LA Zoo. Just wanted to call in and thank you and Eddie and Carrie and the crew for continuing to create a great show to, uh, to listen to every day. I have been listening to them at work. Um, the LA Zoo, like every zoo across the country, is closed. Yet uh, animal care staff is still going in every day, providing the same high-quality care for animals as we always do. Um, zoos everywhere, they're in need of support right now to get through this strange time. I was hoping I could reach out to the Garmin. I know there's a lot of people hurting financially at the moment, but if anyone has the means and can help support their zoo, uh, want to know if they can just please consider making a donation or becoming a member, or even if they can't do that, make a commitment to visit and support the zoos after everything opens up again. The LA Zoo has a donation link on their, their webpage, lazoo.org. If you're in, in the Los Angeles area, it'd be great if you could help out. If you're not, look up your local zoo and see if there's anything you can do to help them out, because uh, every zoo across the country, the world, is uh, going through some tough times right now. Um, yeah, that's all I got right now. Uh, thanks very much for uh, the show. Uh, take care, Ralph. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Thank you so much, Mike. As I mentioned before, Mike was the guy who was kind enough to invite me and my daughter yeah. and Carrie down to the zoo and took us backstage at the uh, the giraffe exhibit. Yeah, that's cool. And we got to feed giraffes and meet them and... it. I know a lot of people have negative impressions about zoos, but mm -hmm. the truth is they do a ton of great work when it comes to animal conservation and yeah. educational programs and things like that. Yeah. I'm a big fan. And you don't think about zoos at a time like this. They are closed, but those animals have to be yeah. cared for. You're like, how are they making money to care for those animals, to feed them? And Well, that's all the that, thing. The zoos crazy. in general are sort of a tenuous prospect when it comes yeah. to, uh, to financial wherewithal a lot yeah. of the times the the ticket prices just barely yeah. cover the cost of operations and now that people aren't coming through the turnstiles they don't have that, yeah. they're hurting so i'm going to renew my uh, membership to the la zoo and if you have a zoo in your area maybe we will too i've raised my son at that la zoo i took him there too. four times a week when livy yeah. was little we would go there and just walk all the that time. place all the places all the time it was so much fun yeah, so I love, that. I love that zoo uh thanks for calling in mike uh, speaking of coronavirus and the effects it's having on people, this next caller wants my opinion on something. Hey, Ralph. Um, just a quick little thing. Uh, I had a trip planned to L.A. for the second week of uh, June. Mm -hmm. And I know uh, L.A. is going to start to go back to normal, I think, on the 15th of May. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was wondering, what are your thoughts on uh, if I should come on over to your, your hometown? I really want to go to L.A., but uh, I don't know. You think I should cancel? Let me know, maybe. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Well, sounds like it's time for another edition of That's My Opinion. You asked for his advice, and now it's time for Ralph Garman to give you some helpful hints for better living. It's time for That's My Opinion. How do you know what's good for me? That's my opinion! All right, here's my opinion. Okay. If you can get your money back, get your money back and postpone your trip. Yeah. Because, okay, they're throwing just random dates out at this point. Yeah, we're hoping to reopen everything by March, uh, by May 15th. Yeah. No one knows what's going to happen. No one's going to know what the situation is going to be like come mid-May or beyond. Yeah. 
And even let's say they open up restaurants, bars, theme parks, tourist stuff mid-May. There's no promise that those places are going to be safe to go to yeah. because they're not even sure if people are getting reinfected or not. Right. So I would say whatever your travel plans may be, not just Los Angeles, but anywhere in the country, hell, anywhere in the world, if you can hold off, if it's not an absolute must, if it's just right. a vacation or you're just visiting, if you can get your money back, I understand not everyone can afford to eat the cost of plane tickets and stuff right. like that. But if you can, I would say... I'm going to wait and see. Maybe I'll go to L.A. next year. Right. Or maybe I'll go around the holidays and just see what happens. They don't know. I mean, this was originally April 1st. Then it was May 1st. And then it was May 15th. And now some places are saying June 1st. So yeah, you just don't know. And I know schools are canceled in L.A. until for the rest of the year. Yes. So that's past June. Right. They're not even looking at it until the fall again. Yeah. So, if yeah, if you can get your money back, get your money back. Because I don't know if you could really enjoy L.A. If Even if you come, stuff might not be open. That's what I'm saying. You know, you even know, if you're outside of the fear of getting the disease. It may change virus. how we live our lives yeah. in terms of concert venues, theaters, bars, restaurants. What's going to survive? What's not going to survive? The city is not not going to throw a switch on May 15th right. and everything's going to be back to the way it was. I mean, 20,000 people aren't going to go to Disneyland on June 2nd. It's yeah. just not going to happen. People yeah. are going to be, you know, I don't know. You're, you, the version of the city you see may not be the one you want to visit. Yeah. So best case scenario, give the city a chance to ramp up and try to find its feet again before you come yeah. to it. And I think that's any major metropolitan area that's been dealing with So this. you can enjoy it. Right. Yeah. So hold off. That's my opinion. That's my opinion! Just my opinion. Opinion not guaranteed. <laughs> All right, KC called in with a, where did it come from? Hey, Ralph, uh, it's KC uh, here in BC. Um, I was having a brief discussion with my uh, buddy the other night about who had um, dibs over this certain object. Dibs. Uh, and it got me wondering, where did that term come from? Dibs. Uh, so, Ralph, where do dibs come from? I called dibs on giving the answer on that one. First dibs. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? I fucking don't know. We've all said it our whole lives. Yes. I call dibs. I got dibs. Last piece of pizza. I call dibs. I got dibs. I want uh, first dibs on that girl over there. <laughs> I saw her first at the bar. I got first dibs. <laughs> You're not going to get her. But... <laughs> Fine. Why are you, why are you being like that way? Because <laughs> I saw her first. I might get her. You could, maybe. Yeah. It depends on how her vision is. <laughs> she looks. She's got pretty thick glasses on. I might is, have a shot. How much is she drinking? Um, dibs. What does that mean? Why do we say that? I don't know. It's dumb. Dibs. It's a dumb word. Yeah. And I'm not talking about those little ice cream candy treats that we all eat either. This <laughs> is, dibs. This is way before What's the dibs. Dibs. I, little frozen. Little frozen dibs. Dippin' Dots? No, this is different. Dibs are little dip. uh, balls of ice cream covered with chocolate that come like in a bonbons. box. But you get them at the uh, get them at the uh, That's a bonbon, theater right? and stuff. It's not a bonbon. They're dibs. Mm. Dibs. All right. I, okay. Listen, I don't want to take us off on a tangent. So All right. Anyway. I'll just, okay. Dibs. Where did it come from? <laughs> if you grew up in, in, especially here in the United States for the last 50 years, you've been using that phrase, and you don't have a goddamn clue about what you're talking I about. I have no idea. Well, I didn't either until I looked it up. And here you go. Here's where dibs come from. The phrase came into existence in England back in the late 1700s. It was a game that children would play. Dibs was a game they played with the knuckles of sheep. Huh? You heard me. Like dead sheep knuckles? Like the knuckles they've removed from a dead sheep? No, Eddie. They would get live sheep and they would play games well, with their knuckles. Play, well, I don't know. Back then, there was farm animals everywhere. Right. But after you killed the sheep for the meat or whatever. Dad, save me the knuckles. I want to play dibs. Save me the knuckles. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> and so the game they played God. was with the knuckle bone of a sheep, oh. which was defined as a dib. Oh, my God. And so it was like a jacks kind of game. So where like, you, how many dibs you could pick up in each turn. You had to go progressively. So... The first dib was important, and the more dibs you got... What kind of morbid voodoo crap shit is this? The more dibs you got, the better off you were oh, in the game. Wow. So you wanted dibs. Dibs were, was a good thing. You would call dibs. 
Now, sometimes they didn't have any sheep knuckles to play with, Eddie. <laughs> so they would substitute pebbles instead of, well, yeah. the, of the sheep Seems knuckles. easier to get. And they would call those dib stones. <sighs> but they would still shorten that to dibs. So the game of dibs was very popular amongst English children in the 1700s. Was the same as Jack's? So you bounce the ball and you say how many you can grab? No one seems to know exactly what the rules were because dibs has sadly... Oh. Faded into the uh, annals of history. I'm sure Ziggy will do a cartoon about it, so we'll, <laughs> Probably. we'll hear about it soon. <laughs> I went to play dibs and I couldn't find my sheep knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> We'd all get that. Yeah, we would. We would get it. We'd laugh. So when the English started to move to the colonies in the 1700s, right. children brought their dibs game with them. And then the phrase... Look who the freaks playing with bones? Get them out of the neighborhood. <laughs> the phrase lived on, Fuck. even though the game of dibs has since disappeared God. in the pages of history. However, I'm thinking about bringing dibs back. <laughs> I think we should start a dibs tournament. Let's go. Let's go to our local slaughterhouse. And... Give me 20 pounds of sheep knuckles, because I got a big <laughs> dibs tournament coming up this weekend. So now you know, when you're saying, I'm called dibs, you're just basically calling for sheep knuckles. Why not? That's where it comes from. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? I And I got to tell you something. I did not expect goddamn Myrtle Beach to live on oh, on this show the man. way it has. People love Sonny Ledford and this song. Goddamn motherfucking Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. Wow. I don't know why people's fascination with this Myrtle Beach song lives on. That song made me do a deep dive on Sonny Ledford, and that guy has some tunes. He's got a catalog. Wow. He's been at it for like it's 15 cr- years, I think. <laughs> I mean, it's nuts. I'm going to reach out to Sonny. Yes, you got to interview him. See if I can interview him Please. for the show. Because he seems like, <laughs> as we used to say back home, a real piece of work, that guy. <laughs> I think he would be an interesting cat he to talk definitely to. definitely would. Yeah. I can't tell if he's a put-on or not. I don't... Looking at the album covers, it seems like he's a put-on. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't either. There must be some redneck in there someplace. If he's a put-on, he's a genius. Yes. It's like Larry the Cable Guy level genius. Maybe we should uh, raise him up to the statue yeah. that he needs to be Maybe. celebrated by. If, yes. in fact, he, it is a character yeah. because it's pretty magical. <laughs> Um, speaking of Myrtle Beach, you found out some disturbing news. Yeah, they open, they're opening up the beaches, I think, in a week or two. They, that's what the mayor said. Goddamn motherfucking Myrtle Beach. Goddamn motherfucking Myrtle yeah, Beach. I was talking to my mom yesterday, and they said, yeah, they announced they might try to open up the beaches next week. And then the retail stores soon after that. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Uh, look, this is madness. I know it's uncomfortable and inconvenient to go through this, everyone, but it's not just for shits and giggles. They're not trying to screw you. No trying to save lives that's the whole bottom line of this whole uncomfortable tortuous process is the hopes that it may save some lives literally if everyone just did what they were supposed to do for 21 days this would go away the problem was you had people already ignoring right. the, the 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 orders and going to farmers markets and hanging out in central park and all this other shit and that's why it's not taking yeah. it's not taking effect nearly as much as it should it's have. a two to 14 day ordeal and then someone gets it and they get over it in three or four days if they get over it and then it's done yeah. if everyone just did that and go just stay where you're supposed to stay yeah i don't think, go away i think america's too stupid to live i really think <laughs> we're we're just circling the drain um anyway the reason i bring up myrtle beach is because glenn is quarantined at home he's on lockdown and he's been killing time Hi, Ralph and Eddie. This is Glenn calling from Santa Barbara. Just wanted to say thanks for the wonderful show during these trying times. I've got three children under the age of five uh, here all the time that I'm taking care of. But when I'm not taking care of them, I'm listening to your guys' show. And just because I'm feeling goofy and I don't have a lot of free time, uh, when I do have the free time, I was thinking how funny it would be to hear Myrtle Beach Mm -hmm. if it were sung by like a classically trained opera singer so this is what i'm doing after all the kids go to bed i'm cleaning the house and going myrtle beach myrtle beach myrtle beach goddamn motherfucking myrtle beach myrtle beach myrtle beach myrtle beach goddamn my love myrtle beach i'm gonna smoke me a joint when i get there i'm gonna drink a cold beer when i get there i'm gonna lay one out when i get there and i ain't gonna sleep when i get there get a rebel flag raft when i get there airbrush t-shirts when i get there 
get some calabash shrimp when I get there. I'm going to miss the pavilion when I get there. Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach. Goddamn motherfucking Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach. Goddamn my love, Myrtle Beach. All right. Thank you. LMB. Yeah, Glenn. Yes. Throw roses. Throw roses at him. I just, I just envision one of those old timey Broadway musicals with like a, a whole chorus of people like working in the fields at Myrtle Beach or something. It just had an, had an old timey uh, feeling, that version. Wow, too. that was brilliant. That was very entertaining. Thank you, Glenn. And thanks to everyone who called in. You too can be featured on the Garmy on the Line segment. But you know what you got to do? You got to call me. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All righty, on Mondays, we take a look at the huge calendar that hangs here on the Batcave wall, and we find out what holidays are associated with this day. You may be surprised to know that all 365 days of the year have several holidays that are associated with them. Not all of them are good, though, so we break it down for you in a segment called Holiday or Holiday. Holiday or holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. Today is April 20th, 420, dude. Oh, yeah. 420. Yeah, bro. Dude. <laughs> it's 420, dude. Oh, dude. It's 420. It's a year ago today I shot my comedy special. Wow. Yeah, I did because I remember it was a 420 crowd and I was like, oh, this is not fun. That's funny. Yeah. And we all loved it too. Thank God we all got a chance <laughs> to see it. It's coming out in oh, sure August. No, of course it is. Yeah, I know. It's coming out. August. Oh, it's right around the corner. August. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh my yeah, God. We're looking forward not to that. Cool. Uh, 420. Why do we, why do we associate 420 with marijuana? What's the background of that? Isn't it the call sign? You know, there's a lot of theories, Eddie Pence, as to what 420 right. means. The fact that uh, police officers call sign for marijuana smoking in progress, not true. Urban oh, not, legend. No, didn't know that. Urban okay. legend. Some people said it's because 420 is also Adolf Hitler's birthday, and he what? needed to chill out more than anyone else on the planet. <laughs> so a stretch. They wish he had been smoking dope, and then maybe <laughs> World War II wouldn't have happened. That is a stretch, yes. Some go as far as to say that Bob Dylan's song, Rainy Day Women, number 12 and 35, um, because 12 multiplied by 35 equals 420. Uh, no. None of those are true. No. Here's the thing. No. 420 actually traces back to, to Marin County, California. In 1971, five students at the San Rafael High School in Marin County would meet every day at the high school at 420 because that's when their extracurricular activities had ended. And they would meet by the campus statue of famous chemist Louis Pasteur, and that's where they would spark up a joint and smoke together every day at 420. And that's where it started. Well, that's where it started. Okay, now these guys became known around school as the Waldos because they would always lean up against the wall smoking dope, and that's where they got their nickname from. The Waldos. Now, here's how it, it, it expanded. Okay. One of the Waldos brothers got him a job working as a roadie for the Grateful Dead. Okay. So the Grateful Dead thought it was hilarious that those guys would smoke joints every day at 420 when he told them the story, so they started to use the euphemism 420 for weed. Huh. And it actually, the band actually helped promote the concept of 420 as marijuana around America. In fact, in 1990, a group of deadheads in Oakland, California, handed out flyers and invited people to join them in smoking 420 on April 20th at 4.20 p.m. One of the flyers ended up in the hands of Steve Bloom, who was a reporter for High Times Magazine, which is a magazine that focuses on the cannabis culture. He published that 
flyer as, isn't this cool? Look what they're doing. And that was it. And then that was it. Then all the potheads uh, wow. picked up the 420 flag and they still wave it today. So it was really the Grateful Dead that spread it. Basically. Pretty much. It was five kids smoking pot right. on, a, on a high school campus huh. and then through a series of Forrest Gump-esque connections, <laughs> it became known around the country as a uh, as a code huh. code for marijuana. That's interesting. So that's why we celebrate marijuana on 420. That's interesting. That's our holiday, so we'll give that a ding. Today's also Volunteer Recognition Day. Boy, if there has been a year to appreciate Volunteer Recognition Day, yeah. this is certainly Amen. it. I know it's easy to be cynical about the world, but when you see people, and we've talked to them, people getting together in sewing circles, making masks for people, yep. and people who are delivering food to shut-ins and uh, the elderly who can't get out to uh, stores, people picking up food for them yeah, and stuff. People 3D printers trying to figure out how to print masks for hospital workers. There's a lot of good people out there, and a lot of them are volunteering their time and energy. They don't get anything in return other yeah. than the uh, the feeling of doing something good for yeah. another human being. So absolutely, we celebrate Volunteer Recognition Day. I don't want to celebrate, however, National Lookalike Day. Today's National Lookalike <laughs> what Day. What does that mean? Well, you're supposed to look like somebody. Yes, that's stupid. They say dress up like the celebrity you look like what? most and go to work or school if you were going to such a thing and celebrate <laughs> how much you look like someone else. Well, according to my high school photo that you posted, I look like Jake Busey. So. I, I heard it was Gary. Is it Gary? Or was it or Jake? Gary or Jake? I don't know. You're... Somebody said frightener, so I figured it was Jake. Oh Busey. yeah, probably. Okay, <laughs> you're part of the Busey clan. I guess so. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh, I always get uh, Divine. I have, a, I have the hair of Gary Buse. Who's the, 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 the comedian? Divine. Uh, oh, Adam Divine. Adam Divine, yeah. I always they say, you look like Adam Divine's dad. <laughs> and I used to get John Henson from The Soup. I can see that. Yeah. Henson and I often are confused for each other. Yeah, yeah. And we're friends. And sometimes I'll get a text from him and say, guy just came up to me in a restaurant and told me how much he liked the Joe Schmo show. <laughs> just thought you wanted to know. <laughs> so uh, I've gotten Joel McHale before. Really? Yeah. I don't see that. I don't see at that either. All. I got Christopher Titus before. Titus, I can see. Because yeah. you're both blonde comedians, yeah. and I can see that. Yeah. So yeah. those are the ones I've gotten. Anyway, they say on this day you should celebrate the fact that you look like someone no, else. No, you shouldn't. That's dumb. That's dumb. It's a dumb holiday, and we got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Celebrate what you look like as an individual. Stop it, dumb people. Today's also National Cheese Fries Day. Cheese mm. fries, Eddie Pence. No. I didn't even put this as the food because I assumed this would be no. a slam dunk. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. You have a cheese thing. Oh, yeah, I, I like my. I don't like things poured over my French fries. My you know what? I could almost take cheese on a side, and then you dip the cheese, dip the fry into the cheese, and then eat it. But I don't want it poured over it because by the time you get to your fourth or fifth fry, it's just a soggy mess. That's when goo. it's at its best. No, no. when it's just a, no. a unrecognizable puddle of oh, potato oh, parts and no. cheese, no, and you got to get a spoon to eat it. No. Oh, come on. No, thank you. Anyway, today is uh, National Cheddar Fries Day, it says here, because the uh, Snuffer Restaurant in Dallas, Texas, in 1978, claims they invented putting cheddar cheese on French fries. Bold claim. 1978. That's before that. So no one in the history of America looked at a bunch of French fries and said, you know what would be extra deadly on these? Right. Some melted cheese. Well, that sounds like a good idea. People were putting melted cheese on baked potatoes before that, so I'm sure that just a logical choice would They're be They're just to... claiming it. Yeah, that's bullshit. So they started this holiday to celebrate National Cheddar Fries because that's what they call them on their menu, yeah. and they said they invented They're full them. full of shit. So I, <laughs> I rebuke you, <laughs> Snuffers. Apparently they're a chain down there in Texas. Well, snuffers. Films too. Yes, they do. Well, that's why they call it Snuffers, because you eat the Cheddar Fries, <laughs> and then your heart seizes up, and you're there at the booth, and you just... They drag your ass out to the back alley <laughs> and there's some guys playing dibs back there so be careful so yeah i reject that however i fully endorse and i should be the spokesperson for this holiday because i agree this item gets a gets an unfair rep what when it comes to vegetables it's national lima bean respect day mm. respect the lima bean eddie mm, pence no. come on i don't think so a lot of people say that the lima beans, uh, they don't like them. They don't like the consistency. They don't like the taste. What is the consistency of a lima bean? Well, here's the thing. If you have good lima beans, yeah. they're very smooth and buttery when you chew into them. Now, sometimes you get bad lima beans. They can be uh, like a soybean? grainy. As a, a like an edamame bean. bean? A lima bean. You ever see a lima bean? Yeah, I know, but it's like a bean, but like, I don't know. It's a large kidney-shaped green right. bean. Yeah. Oh, I, don't like I love lima beans. I don't think we should say anything's kidney-shaped. Why? Because it makes you think of a fucking kidney, and then you're trying to eat a kidney, and it just 
you're like eating a little kidney and it's gross. Uh, protein, iron, magnesium, potassium, zinc. My God, these are good so good for you. Lima bean soup. You ever had lima bean soup? No. Anyway, today are is... The, are the beans mushed up into the pasty soup or are they just floating beans in water? Like, how do you make lima bean soup? That would be the worst soup <laughs> that's, ever. Well, that's what I'm picturing. Is it just, just water with... Of, just, <laughs> just a pot of beans cooled down enough that you can stick a spoon in it and eat it? Is that what that's it hardly is? a soup, Eddie Pence. That's what it is in my head. No, it's like pea soup. You ever see split pea oh, soup? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. It's actually blended okay. peas. Lima bean soup would be similar right. to that. Because so, when you put you in say, bacon there with the lima bean soup, uh, no. bits well, then of bacon. You're, yeah, you're doing that to cover up the taste of lima beans. So it tastes like bacon <sighs> soup. A lot of food-related uh, holidays today. I'm going to say respect the lima bean. And lastly, you know what I do? I run a food past Eddie Pence to see if it's something he would eat or not. We've already had such success today with mm. tuna and egg salad sandwich. I think I got a good feeling about this. I will talk to him about the food. Then... We'll pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine to see if he, in fact, will eat it. If three of the items come up on the reels of the slot machine, that means it's a big jackpot. He would, in fact, eat that food. However, if they're mismatched, just the sound of widows and children crying in the background. <laughs> Today's food, it is National Pineapple Upside Down Cake Day. This has been a treat here in America since the early 1900s when cakes were made in cast iron skillets. Now, what makes it a pineapple upside-down cake? Well, if you want to decorate a delicious cake with pineapple rings and you're making it in an iron skillet, the easiest way to do it was to line the bottom of the cake pan with the pineapple rings. Then you put your delicious mixture of butter and sugar on top of that, and then you pour the cake batter over the pineapples and the butter and sugar on the topping. When the cake is done, you would just flip the pan over, and there you would reveal a masterpiece of delightful, delicious, pineapple-y goodness. Pineapple upside-down cake. A taste treat for all, all of us. Boys, <laughs> girls, men, women, children of all ages. The pineapple upside-down cake. Is that something Eddie Pence would eat? Let's find out. One pineapple, two pineapple, three. It, it looks like it's good if you take it away good. the pineapple. I don't like pineapple, and it's going to ruin the buttery goodness of the cake batter. Have we done pineapple we already? We have, because it's a fruit. Because I don't remember. I know the peach. I know a lot of no. You have a the lot pineapple of fruit is, issues. The pineapple is oh, literally right, the right, fruit right. that doesn't want to be eaten. We've talked about whole pineapple, but I assume if you just cut it to the... got a whole defense system around it. If you cut it to the rings, which is no. just the sweet, delicious mm. meat no. of the pineapple... Oh, no. How like can that be a bad no. thing? Mm -mm. Pineapple's so sweet, it's practically candy. I don't like pineapple. I went to the bolt, the dull pineapple factory in Hawaii, and I fucking I hated the smell. I hated the everything. I hate everything. Wait, everything looked. I hated the big, <laughs> the big fucking plastic pineapple you could sit in and take your picture with. I hated. I just, I hate the pineapple. I you hate would, it. You would never visit SpongeBob SquarePants. I wouldn't. He lives. He in lives a in. A, I would. He'd have to come outside to meet me. Yeah. I don't like pineapple. Him, I say this often, but it must be exhausting to be you. It's where the, where the most easy. innocuous things not easy. just spin you out of control. <laughs> you know, I get this, the smallest shit. I just, it turns me off. Wow. I don't like, do you like pineapple on pizza? No, that's that's insane. That's madness. I don't like, I just don't like Tomato sauce and fruit should never be mixed on no, for any I, kind of fruit. No, I agree. No, no one, do, does anyone put ketchup on apple pie? Oh. There's no time fuck. where tomatoes. Oh, that's a, a taste a, I didn't even thought of. A tomato sauce. Oh. <laughs> God damn it. Apples and ketchup. Fuck. I'm saying tomato products and fruits should never be cross-pollinated. Oh. They just don't belong on the same But tomatoes fruit are together. a fruit. Ah, yes. See? Excellent point. <laughs> However, they are really very much of the savory variety of fruit. Right. They're not and sweet. And they shouldn't cross over to the sweet. I just, I just, oh. I find the two uh, disconcerting. No. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't like the pineapple. So, in any shape or form. However, I'm willing to try apple pie with ketchup. God, if, you if you want to give it a shot. Well... Wow. On the next Munch of Monday, no. we'll find out. Ketchup doesn't get mixed with things. And so that was Holiday or Holiday. All righty, now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news with a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. 
Did you catch any of the Global Citizens Together at Home internet concert over the weekend, Eddie? I did. I watched uh, Eddie Vedder perform. Oh. He was very, very good. He had his little church organ in his home, which is yeah. crazy. He has a church organ in his home. That was but, pretty cool. But, yeah. um, it, was a, it was a long thing, yeah. but a ton of super talented musicians showing off. Uh, it was organized, I think, by Gaga. I think she put it together. Taylor Swift was on hand as well. Uh, Paul McCartney was there. Elton John, of course. Yeah. Can't do one of those without Elton John. No. The Rolling Stones. People talking about the Rolling Stones performance. I didn't see that one. Was that good? I got to go back and watch Mick that one. Mick Jagger is 11 Okay? <laughs> he, is, <laughs> he is older than Crip Dirt. Age. And yet he still can bring it. I was so impressed. Here he is uh, singing. This is actually Mick Jagger's vocals. They did one of my favorite Stones tunes from Saturday's Together at Home Internet four-way split-screen concert with the Rolling Stones. Jagger singing and playing acoustic guitar. Then Keith Richards was also had an acoustic. Then Ronnie Wood was playing just amazing electric guitar. And then the fourth screen was Charlie Watts, drummer for the Rolling Stones. And this is where some people had some issues. It was obvious that Mick was playing and singing. And uh, the other two guys certainly appeared to be playing and singing. Charlie Watts was playing air drums. What? He had sticks. He's old. And really? he was just hitting where drums would be if he had been playing Was them. it framed so you couldn't see the drums? No, 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 no. Or was pulled out enough where you could see him? It was him in his living room with drums in his hands hitting at the air. Wow. And everybody was like, what's going on with Charlie? So either they pre-recorded his drum track. Right. I mean, they obviously had to. There were yeah. drums in that track. But I, I couldn't imagine why he didn't want to play along. Maybe it would have been impossible with delays or whatever over the internet to keep the Maybe. rhythm with the rest of the yeah. guys. And so they opted out, but I'd be like, "Well, then just don't show Charlie. Don't show him. It That's looked, weird looking, looked dumbass. For or him. or push in enough where you just see his face and his arms moving. Yeah, but no, he was sitting on a stool, just just waving his arms, no, like no, a no. goober. <laughs> and as a drummer, yes. I was offended, Eddie Pence. I have to tell you, I, you I, call him up and go blah 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 blah. <laughs> I talked to him in drummer speak. <laughs> we had a few crosswords, but we patched things up. So don't worry. I'll, I will see him at the next. Drummer's oh, meeting. Meet and greet. Yeah. Drummer meet and greet. Yeah. Speaking of music, <laughs> Ticketmaster has announced finally that they will offer refunds on shows that have been canceled due to the pandemic. So if you bought tickets, for example, Taylor Swift's tour, she canceled all her remaining dates for the 2020 um, year. And so if you've got tickets for her show, you have 30 days to contact Ticketmaster and get your money back. After that, really? Shit out of luck. Because I have yeah. tickets for Pearl Jam. And they were supposed to play two days ago, three days ago, and I didn't. And they canceled, it, of course. But they said you can keep the ticket. That and, is an option, apparently. And then when the with concert some comes shows, back, with some yeah, shows, I think Pearl Jam saying you can keep their ticket. Um, they will credit you for future shows if you hold on to those tickets. Ticketmaster yeah. also has another program where you can donate tickets to healthcare workers oh, if wow. you want to give your tickets to That's people actually something, who yes. are dealing with it, or you can exchange those tickets for 150 percent of the face value through their credit system for future shows. Huh. So you get a better can, ticket. You get, yeah, you get more for your money if you uh, just put it into credit with Ticketmaster and don't ask for cash back. Right, because they, they, they don't want to give you any <laughs> no, cash. No, they don't. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of cash, Bob Dylan's handwritten lyrics to some of his biggest hits are going up for auction. Really? Yes. And you know, as a collector, these stories always catch my, uh, catch my eye. It's a company called Moments in Time. It's a memorabilia auction house. And they have original handwritten lyrics to three of his biggest songs. The times they are a-changin'. Cause the times they are a-changin'. That one. Yeah. Uh, Subterranean Homesick Blues and Lay Lady Lay. Lay Lady Lay. Big bad big. So, <laughs> get, you won't believe the numbers, the starting numbers of what these, crazy. what these are being auctioned off at. They are estimating times they are changing maybe the most famous dylan protest song from the 60s 2.2 million dollars that's that's what they're what? assuming it's going to go for and almost always at these auctions 
it goes for higher than what they're estimating. Who the hell has, oh my God. Homesick Blues, $1.2 million. And you can get, if you're, if you're looking for a bargain, the uh, Lay Lady Lay lyrics will only run you, they're estimating again, around $650,000. Jesus. So. That's insane. You can use some of that uh, stimulus money you're That's getting true. from I, the government. $1,200 stimulus that check. check. Just dump it towards some Dylan that I've yet to get. lyrics. Uh, more music news revolving around the uh, coronavirus. Blueface, popular rapper Blueface, mm. he is not socially distancing. We could tell that from the weekend when he released a video of a big stripper party he had at his house. Come on, man. It was a bunch of women in G-strings and bikini tops uh, rolling around and twerking at his estate here in California. And then the best part was he shot some video of the stripper fight that broke out once they all got drunk. Jesus. They were pulling each other's wigs off and they were slapping, oh rolling around on the ground. It was the diametrically opposed version of socially distancing. It was sweaty strippers, drunken, rolling oh, around on the ground, fighting with each other. Unreal. Yeah, that was unreal. Uh, that was spectacular. This guy, by the way, this blue face was the same guy who went down to Skid Row in L.A. on top of his SUV and started throwing money off the top of the car. Did you ever see that no. video? And people were scambling, running around. Trying like, to cause a riot? Crawling around on the ground trying to pick up money while he laughed and thought it was hilarious. What a piece of shit. So this guy, Jesus. Is, he's not a winner. Eddie, the Tiger King comic book is coming oh, out in June. What? Stop. This is why we can't have nice things. Uh, oh, it I, couldn't just be a fun little show that everyone watched and enjoyed. No. Now it has to become a worldwide phenomenon, and we have to hear about Tiger King for the next yep. year. Joel McHale has to go off and do mm -hmm. his little special, and now we got to have Tiger King, the comic book. Everybody's got to get their piece, man. Trump's going to probably pardon Joe Exotic. And Could you imagine? He'll probably fucking... put him on his pan on his uh, oh, in his cabinet. He'll be at a rally. If they have rallies again, he'll be at a he'll, fucking he'll rally. He'll be the Secretary of the Interior, and then... Trump will have a tiger. God, yeah. damn this world. So if you want to, you want to read the uh, Tiger King comic book. I'm good. Comes out in June. I'm done Eddie. supporting anything no, Tiger King. They want to pick that up. Netflix. Meanwhile, they've moved on. They've already got their brand new show that's going to get all oh, really? all the heat. It debuted on Friday. It's called Too Hot to Handle. Have you seen this one? No. Oh, Eddie, you're going to love this. Too Hot to Handle. Here's the insanely ridiculous premise of Too Hot to Handle. Okay. It's a reality show mm -hmm. where they take ten super hot, really stupid young people, and they put them together at a resort with nothing to do except each other, I can assume. Isn't this like a Bachelor of Paradise Island thing? But wait. There's a money cash prize waiting for them at the end. Okay. But here's the here's the rub. What? Or the not the rub, in this case. <laughs> they can't do anything sexual with each other or else money gets taken away from the jackpot that they win at the end of their really? stay. Yes. They get penalized for any sexual contact they have with each other while they're drinking and partying at this resort. So they all get it. They would all get it if none they of them touched all, each other. They all split the big jackpot at the end. Right. But if anybody touches anyone else in a sexual it way... It gets smaller and smaller and And smaller. depending on the act that you do, there's a larger price tag for certain acts than there are for others. Wow. And then... Some some people who are trying to abstain are getting mad at the other people well, yeah. who are having the sex because it's taking money out of their pocket. How many people? Ten people. Ten people. Yeah. Ten, so five boys, five girls, I yes, guess? Yes, indeed. Wow. Not allowed to have sex. Every time they do something sexual, they lose a little bit more of the $100,000 jackpot at the end. And how many people? Like, uh, I mean, how many weeks uh, does this go? Eight, eight episodes. Eight episodes? Eight episodes, yes. A kiss costs $3,000 to be shit. removed from the pot. Intercourse is $20,000. If you have sex with someone, they immediately pull $20,000 out of the pot. What if you have $100,000? What if you have three-way? Oh, that's a good point, yeah. But that, Does that count as sex with two people? Um, I think you would just add another 50% to the penalty, <laughs> I guess. Okay. It would be a $30,000 fuck, I guess, instead of a $20,000 What if one. you fuck with no kissing? Oh, that's a good point. No, I think intercourse is its own <laughs> okay. its own thing. So if you fuck with kissing, you're getting that plus three? Grand? No, I think they just... It, it, right. It's not more than. It just kind of... That's the, um, the umbrella. <laughs> the intercourse umbrella is twenty grand. You get hit with that penalty. A blowjob is $6,000. Really? If I gotta choose a six thousand dollar blowjob or a twenty thousand dollar fuck, I'm going with the blowjob. Yeah, me too. Save me a couple bucks. And then, yeah, if, the you, if you're gonna kiss me, just go ahead and blow me. <laughs> really? Because that's twice as that's much. That's twice as much. Just go ahead and blow me. Blowjobs, two kisses. Yeah, fuck. So anyway, everyone's saying this is the end of uh, of television as we know it. Mm, and could be. Here's the thing: they don't know when they get, join the show what the rules are. 
they get there, and then they've got a uh, artificial intelligence robot named Lana who gives them all <laughs> the instructions. The end of TV. Who gives them all the instructions when they show up? It sounds like a Christopher Guest movie. It's like a parody of reality television. Wait, so they're going to the island not knowing, but they, they, they get know there, they're going to reality show, right. and they think it's a dating reality show. And they get there and they start boozing and they're in bikinis and, and they're mingling. Then the robot and comes out. And then Lana, which looks like a cross between Alexa and a, a lava lamp, it goes, bloop, 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 bloop. Hello, my name is Lana. I am here to tell you the rules of the game. And she says you can't touch each other or else there'll be a cash penalty. Wow. Too hot to handle. Now available on Netflix. That's you check that horrendous. out. Horrendous. Or... It's the greatest show ever. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but now that I've read this synopsis, I know what I'm doing this week. I got my my viewing well, all now we have squared a away. Price tag on sexual acts. It's yes. perfect. And can't they just not? Well, I guess they're horny twenty something. And if like, alcohol's involved yeah. and they're hanging out for eight weeks on an island, yeah, I shit's gonna happen. But uh, it shows you the stage of my life I'm at. I'm I'm opting for money over sex. At this but point. and the thing is, if there's ten of them and it's hundred grand, that's not a lot of money. When you, Man, you only it get all ten up. grand. Yeah, I'll go fuck on an island for eight weeks for ten grand. That's not a bad price. No, but you don't get the ten grand. Yeah, that's, but I'm I mean, that's all you're losing. That's the it's most you're ten gonna, grand. That's the most you're going to lose is ten grand. What if I told you if you went to a place for eight weeks, I'd give you ten thousand dollars? Yeah, but that's not that much money. To whom, Daddy I'm Warbucks? Saying, not to I'm you not, when you're no, buying your just, giant screen televisions, I guess. I'm just say but to the rest of us, ten been, grand like, matters. If you're on an island and you can bang five other hot girls for ten grand in eight weeks, wow. it's not that big of a. It's ten grand. It's not like it's a hundred thousand you're getting. I guess you've got a pretty high opinion of your penis. Well, and then the <laughs> I do, I and say. then. The, the government comes in and takes, what, half that? So you're yeah. only walking with six? So you're saying it's not even worth it not what to have the sex. They're taking it. You're, the most you're going to walk out is the price of a blowjob. Fair enough. Fair enough. You talk me into it, Eddie. I'm having sex <laughs> with everybody on the island. Say, make them... Even, make, the, even the dudes. If it was a million bucks, that would be interesting. Ah, uh, I see what you're saying. I just think 100000 is enough money to make it interesting. I don't think they want to give away a million dollars to these boneheads. <laughs> anyway, there you go. Sorry. Too hot to handle. <laughs> on Netflix, starting now. All right, today's celebrity birthdays. Today is Monday, April 20th. All these stars born on April 20th. Starting off with one of my favorites, Eddie, too, because Eddie knows Trek. <laughs> George Trek. Takei, who plays <laughs> who in Star Trek, Eddie? Who does George Takei Sulu. play? That's right. Do you know uh, Sulu's full name, by the way? Mr. Sulu? <laughs> Hikaru Kato Sulu oh, is his fucking full name. name. Hikaru. Yeah, and fucking Hikaru. Dan McCoy is the doctor. Hikaru Sulu. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. Set phasers to fun. I'd like to go to that island. Uh, George Takei is 83 years old today. Oh, I think he and uh, Kirk are the only ones left, right? Shatner? Uh, Chekhov, too. Well, Chekhov's last two, that's right. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait. Uh, did Michelle Nichols, is she, she's. Oh, yeah, she's still around. She's still too. around, too, right? Yeah. Turns out most of the cast is most still of the alive. Cast. For some reason, I thought everybody was dead. My bad. Ryan O'Neill is 79 years old today. Jessica Lang turns 71. Clint Howard, brother of Ron. You know that because he's in every movie he ever made. <laughs> Crispin Glover's 56. Andy Serkis, so talented. Lord of the Rings and the Planet of the Apes, 56 years old today. Actress Carmen Electra is 48 years old today. Joey Lawrence from Blossom. Whoa. And Brotherly Love, 44 years old. Clayne Crawford. Here's a name you probably haven't heard for a while. Clayne Crawford was the star of TV's Lethal Weapon over there on Fox. Oh, yeah. He it left, right? It was a right? smash hit show, and he just shot himself in the foot time and time again yeah. until they got rid of him. And they brought in, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, the guy from American Pie. Guy with Stifler. three names. Yes. Not Neil Patrick Harris. No. Um, <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall. No, not him either. <laughs> not... Um, it was Stifler. I don't know his fucking name. Oh, though. we had to go do that. Stifler. Sean. William Scott. No. Sean William Scott. Sean William Scott. Yes. Yes. I was going to say Sean Robert Leonard, but that is no. the guy from House. No. Yes. Sean William Scott. Sean Scott. 42, anyway. Clayne Crawford. Career up, career gone. Oh, 42 man. years old. And lastly, keyboardist or keyboardist, <laughs> keyboardist Craig Frost <laughs> of the band Grand Funk Railroad is 72 years old today. More cowbell. 
I'd like to party down with those guys. It's like fun. Is a, is a cowbellist part of the drummer family? It can be. You can because <laughs> there is a drumstick involved, and there is a mount for many right. drum kits on a drum for kit. a right, for a cowbell. You guys... However, sometimes you bring in a specialist if you want if you want to get it really cowbelled right. up. You'll bring in an outside cow- someone who can just focus on the cowbell. A cowbellist, as they're known. <laughs> That's it for today's celebrity birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And before we say goodbye, here's a little bit of my chat with my good pal, Patrick Warburton. Such a sweet man, funny, talented, and he's one of those guys who has created a very iconic persona for himself. When you hear his voice or when you see him give a performance, it's something that only Patrick Warburton can do. (laughs) That's right. Here's my chat with Patrick Warburton. I have been after this guy to be a guest on my show for, I don't know. A year and a half now, and it just took a global pandemic to finally get him on the show. Patrick, how are you, sir? I'm good, Ralph. I'm good. How are you holding up with all this stuff? Are you hunkered down there at home? Yeah, we've been doing great. We're out here in Ventura County, and there's uh, usually at least four of us, if not five. Sometimes my my son Gabriel is quarantined with his, his girlfriend's place, or they're here. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, you know, but other than that, so it's, um, it's mostly been uh, me, Kathy, and uh, my son's talent, Shane, and uh, we've been doing all right. Um, keeping busy. Watching a lot of TV. Yeah, it's been cool to have Shane around because he uh, he's usually not around. You know, he went to uh, Embry Riddle first year of college. He's a pilot. And then he went on a semester at sea, and he spent the last three years at American University. So he's been uh, in D.C. And so he came out for spring break, and he's been out here with us since then. And it's been great getting to hang out with him. He just got accepted by uh, a Navy officer training, so he wants to um, fly planes in the Navy. Oh, so wow. They're doing that in um, August. Yeah. You know, I was looking over your details before we started talking, and I always knew you as a uh, Orange County kid, as a beach kid, and I was surprised to find out you were actually born in Jersey. Is that true? Yeah, I was born in Patterson, but left when I was three. But I grew up in Huntington Beach. Yeah, where did you grow up? I grew up in Philly, and then came out here to uh, you know pursue the dream. And uh, but I was an East Coast kid. But I always knew you because when I was on K Rock, I know you said you grew up listening to the station. Yeah, well, you know. I grew up in, in HB, went to Newport Harbor High School, Orange Coast College, survived for two years. Um, but I, it, it was such a great place to grow up, Huntington Beach. I loved it down there. And Still you, do. You know, and, don't get out get that often. And you went to school for marine biology. Eh, I mean, I thought that's the direction. <laughs> I thought that's the direction I was gonna gonna head, but I, I was going nowhere near that. I mean, I wasn't gonna get into any worthwhile university, and uh, I, I just, you know, I I sort of after a year and a half at junior college, Orange Coast College, I just bailed. Was the acting thing always something that you wanted to do, or did that come to you later in uh, when you were young? Yeah, that was always in the back. You know, I guess in the back of my mind, um, I thought, oh, maybe I could try this because I I grew up with a mother who was an actress. And although she she was she was a professional actress before she started having kids. But uh, in order to, you know, save her acting desire, she did the community theater in Orange County. So I would go hang out backstage and um, watch her do plays like uh, See How They Run, like a British farce and. I'd be there for the rehearsal experience, you know, that process and see them put the shows up. And it was just a lot of fun. Did you start acting in communities in community uh, theater or did you do it in school? No, no. I mean, this is just, you know, as a kid watching this, observing, uh, then, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't do anything. You know, I, I guess after I bailed, uh, from Orange Coast college, I ended up going up to LA and doing, you know, you know, studying at theaters, acting workshops, doing plays in L.A., going on commercial calls, just hitting the bricks like we all did, you know, do. Yeah, but, but you you started working young. I mean, it looked like you did a ton of guest star stuff on television in the late yeah. 80s, early 90s. Yeah, in my uh, 20s, um, that's that was where I had my my best degree of success was doing guest spots on sitcoms. And then 
those those um, those opportunities turned into other opportunities. You know, I would do a, a guest spot and they liked the character and then they did want to bring me back. So, you know, I did an episode on Ellen DeGeneres' show and then they liked me. So they brought me back and then I did one on, um, you know, designing women and they liked the character. So they brought me back. And then I did one on a show called Dave's world and they liked the character. I mean, I just played the washing machine repair guy and they brought me back and eventually made me a series regular on that. You know, and when I did, you know, putting on Seinfeld, it was just a one episode deal, but they liked the character. And, um, you know, for two years, I couldn't go back on Seinfeld because I was doing rules of engagement or not rules of engagement, I was doing Dave's World. And um, Dave's World was CBS and, of course, Seinfeld was NBC and CBS wouldn't let me do Seinfeld. So for two years, I actually couldn't do Seinfeld. Oh, wow. Because they asked on Dave's World. Seinfeld changed the game for you, though. That's when it really kind of blew up, right? Well, that was a, yeah, great. I mean, that was certainly the, the highest exposure working on the best show, with the best cast, best creators. Yeah, man, getting to work with Jerry, that was just huge. Well, my wife and I were huge fans of the show. We would watch it religiously on Thursday nights. And then I'd, I'd remembered specifically two weeks before I went in to read for Jerry and Larry David, sitting on the couch with my wife saying, why can I not get on? So I show like Seinfeld. And then two weeks later, I had uh, an audition. I got to read for Jerry and Larry. And that was just awesome to get to go and read for him. And, they, you know, they liked my take on the character. And then, uh, you know, and uh, that was the door opening there for me. What was your level of nerves slash excitement in that room when you're in front of Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David? Are you the kind of performer that gets... Nervous, or do you use that energy to drive the performance? What's your process? Uh, I guess I used it. I was nervous, but I used the, 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 the energy to drive the performance because I felt like I had a pretty good idea for a choice with this character. You know, it was going to be a little different, I think, than what they were, they thought of or were looking for, and I thought this could work. So yeah. I was committed to that. Uh, I was committed to that and just try to use my nerves. But yeah, everybody gets a little Auditioning is a very unnatural process. You know, um, and uh, and uh, I, I don't really like it. I'm not good at it. <laughs> Fortunately, work begets work at times, because if it came down to auditioning, I wouldn't be working much. <laughs> More with Patrick tomorrow. Thanks so much for stopping by, boys and girls. I hope you'll come back tomorrow. Not only to hear more of Patrick Warburton, but also because it's TV Tunes Tuesday. We're going to dig into one of your favorite TV theme songs of all time. We're going to um, also have your entertainment news, of course, your phone calls, and as a special treat for Eddie Pence, ketchup and apple pie. Oh, please don't. So come Jesus on Christ. tomorrow. Oh. Take care of yourselves. Stay the fuck at home. Wash your hands. I love you. I mean it. Bye. Bye.